Welcome to Running Out of Space, a podcast about collectors, their collections, and how they make room for it all in their lives. My guest today is wrestling superstar Matt Cardona, who is famously known as Zack Ryder in the WWE, but known notoriously for his vast collection of wrestling action figures. Considering the near 40 years worth of wrestling toy releases out there, Matt has a historian's knowledge of the space and coupled with his major accomplishments in the ring, demonstrates devotion at its finest. So here we go, running out of space with the thousand dollar broski. How's it going? At Cardona. How are you, man? Good, how you been? I'm good. Thanks for making the time. Uh, no problem. So you're coming off an eventful week, so I appreciate you sitting down with me to talk some toys. Uh, no problem. It's all good. Pick up anything recently? Oh, I mean, I'm getting stuff every day. So <laughs> yeah? Every day something, yeah. Do you have anything that came recently that you've been maybe eyeballing, or is it just you're kind of keeping up the collection at this point? <laughs> yeah, nothing, nothing necessarily special. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of stuff I have is... You know, some of it's worth a lot of money. Some of it's valueless. You know, it's a, yeah. a big mixture of things. Well, they were not lying. You are the Michael Jordan of wrestling figures. Oh, yeah, I know that. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I, I'll tell you what. And I feel like a lot of people, at least like the people that I know or I come into contact with, they don't kind of see the artistry that goes into some of these figures, right. especially some of the stuff that I've seen in your collection, like especially stuff from the 80s. Before, like, computers kind of were able to scan bodies and stuff, there were people really sculpting these things. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like, especially, like, in the 80s is when that really took off. You see, like, toys, action figures, specifically in the 70s, you see they're kind of all sculpted out of the same body. Maybe there's a different paint job, a slight different tweak, and maybe the facial features. But around the 80s, I feel like they really got to that likeness. And I remember with the WWF figures, when those came out, those really looked like the wrestlers that you saw on TV. And they were, oh, just, yeah. they were just so mind-blowing. Like, you needed to have them all. The poses were fantastic. And it just didn't stop, especially with the wrestling figure kind of space. The technology behind them has just gotten better and better and better. I mean, now it's like photorealism. It's amazing. Yeah. So, you know, I grew up in the 80s and early 90s. So I had the, the LJN figures, which are these bigger rubber figures. And then in the early 90s, the Hasbro's, which are smaller and they have the action features. Um, but it wasn't until I was an adult and really, you know, not only just in the wrestling business, but kind of, I don't want to say I'm in the toy business, but I'm kind of kind of there. You know, yeah. I get the, the major wrestler podcast. I'm now producing my own action figures, whether being, you know, involved or actually the, the company doing them. So uh, I really do appreciate the old school uh, method, which was, you know, hand-drawn yeah. figurines, you know, which turned into two-ups and then scaled down. You know, now, listen, anyone who does it on the computer is still talented. They're still yeah. an artist, right? A hundred percent. But I, I have, I've tracked down uh, drawings, the original drawings of some of my favorite figures. So it's cool to have like the figure and then to have the original hand-drawn, you know, representation of it. Yeah, and you go deep. I've seen that you've bought prototypes. Where do you track these down? Are these eBay buys? Yeah, you know, like if there's if you type in insert toy company prototype on eBay, you'll find some things, right? Yeah. But the majority of the stuff I found is, you know, through connections that I've made or on Facebook groups or Instagram. And it's like this underground market 
Yeah. Uh, you know, I was uh, a diehard wrestling figure fan my whole life. And even as an adult, still collected the figures. Uh, but once once you have a line, it's like, well, what what else do you do? You know, you have them. Yeah. Let's say you have them all out of the package. OK, well, maybe I'll get them all in the package. And yeah. then what? It's over. Right. So <laughs> I was able to and I'm not the only person who've done. I've known about these prototypes for, for years. You know, I'm in these message boards and stuff like yeah. that. But once I started going down that route of getting pre-production items, it really, you know, it, it changed my whole collection um, for the better, I guess, but not, not, not for my wallet, you know, because they're very, very expensive. Yeah. Where were you, like, who were some of these sellers that you would find prototypes from? Are they people who worked maybe in the toy yes. business? Yeah. So, so, so old, you know, uh, whether it be Hasbro or LJ and employees, yeah. You know, they're, they're cleaning out their garage or their basement and they have this box full of shit or what they think is shit. And sometimes it is shit, right? Sometimes it is garbage. It is just the, the mass produced figure, right? But some of these times it's it's a, a hand painted prototype that was in a commercial or catalog, yeah. right? Or sometimes it's a, a figure that never came out, only made it to the prototype stage. Yeah. So it's wild uh, what's out there. And at the same time, you have to be careful because not only are these toy designers, uh, you know, very, very talented, but these customizers are very, very talented. And with 3D printing and these, these great artists, it's easy to be fooled if you don't know what you're looking for. Have you been fooled recently? I have not, no. Yeah, I mean, especially, I guess, the stuff in the 80s that wasn't exactly perfect. A skilled artisan of today can easily get maybe, I don't know. But then again, the, the sculpt, though, what, how, do you, how would they get... How would like a bootlegger do that properly? How how would the counter? Because nowadays people are just so talented. There's so so much more. Uh, like the technology is unbelievable. So for instance, uh, Hasbro they made like these these little plastic figures, the wrestling figures. But then okay. there were these two ups. They were double the size, literally two ups, and those were not meant for, for fans. They were meant to be destroyed. That's what they sent to uh, you know China to to get the, the 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 colors of the paint down and everything, and then they would scale them down. Yeah. But now people are able to make these two ups, for instance, they, they just know how to do it. And it's, if, if you're, if you're not, I don't even want to say I'm an expert if you don't, but if you haven't dealt with that space before, it's easy to be fooled, but some guy just made it, you know? Yeah. So I have real ones in my collection and then I do have fake ones in my collection, but I know they're fake. You know, it's like, for instance, there's one behind me, like someone made of me. So obviously I know it's fake. Yeah. You know, they put me on like a million dollar man body, but it looks pretty <laughs> damn good. Yeah. There's also a whole kind of novelty market with collectors. There's always like a tongue in cheek kind of thing. Like, Oh, even, especially with like masters of the universe people, there's so many bootlegs of those. Right. It's almost fun to collect those kind of offshoots and those really bad bootlegs that don't look anything like them, but sure. just kind of that comedy aspect of it. I have spent some time collecting action figures. I moved on to like Japanese vinyl stuff and kind of the, the more like art toy type of stuff, but I still mm -hmm. love, I love action figures. Um, one was the divide between I love these things and I'm going to start collecting these things and, and really prizing them. Yeah. So as a kid, obviously like probably the majority of kids, I, I played with my toys, you know, and there was nothing, nothing wrong with that. And then as I got older and as kids, my age got older, it wasn't really cool to be playing with toys. And, you know, I stopped playing with really everything except for wrestling. I still kept the wrestling figures and collected the wrestling figures and played with the wrestling figures because to me, that was my way of uh you know continuing my fandom you know I, I would create these these figure federations and make my own champions and, and make up you know storylines in my head and i get to act it out or play it out with these figures but 
I certainly wasn't telling people about that, you know, whether I was later in elementary school or junior high or high school, um, you know, and then like I would just buy them or, you know, collect them through my youngest brother, but they'd really be for me or I'd go to Toys R Us and I'd be embarrassed. Uh, <laughs> I'd ask for a gift receipt, stuff like that. Uh, and it wasn't until I actually made it into wrestling, I actually became a real professional wrestler where I just didn't care what people from my high school or other people thought. I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to proudly uh, get this stuff and collect this stuff. And it took a while for me to actually have the, the, I guess, real estate to display it. You know, I was living in apartments in New York and there's not much room to display these figures, but I had them all. And I'm a big out of the box collector. I think figures should be uh, like you said, they're, they're art, right? So you need to see the front, the back, everything. So I would take things out of the box and just have them in Ziploc bags and totes, whether they be my parents' attic or my, my uh, you know, my closet in my apartment. And yeah. then I moved to Florida about five years ago. And I said, that's it. I'm getting a toy room and I'm displaying all this stuff proudly. So they were all kind of in storage. Were you living in Manhattan or I know you're from Long Island. No, I was living on Long Island, but still like uh, an apartment where I, listen, it was a, a two bedroom apartment. There was two of us in there. There wasn't room for a toy room, you know? No, I'm in that situation right now. I have a six-year-old and my toy room became her room. So I feel right. Like yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I'm dreading that moment when I have to, when I get a kid and I have to give up the toy room or the office, I might need a bigger house. Do you find that there's um, um, a lot of collectors in Orlando? Cause I'm from Florida and that's just, you just find people who are into collecting a lot of stuff down there for some reason. I don't know if it's like hoarding tendencies or not, but there happen, there's just like a big collector's market in Florida. And I imagine, especially in Orlando, because of like the theme kind of atmosphere there, have you found any collectors that maybe are selling some gems that you might yeah, have? So when I, when I first moved down here, I was on this app called Let Go. And I saw this guy who had a, a storage unit just full of wrestling figures. And he said yeah. he was selling everything. So I, I, I was like, is this real or what? And I met up with him and, you know, he said he was selling everything three or four years ago, he still gets new stuff. And I go there every couple of months to see what his inventory is. Cause oh, wow. you know, he, he just always just gets stuff. I don't know where he gets it. I don't ask questions. I don't know if he's getting stuff off the truck at Walmart or what, but he's getting older stuff too. And I always leave with something, you know? Yeah. I saw a video of you picking up a collection uh, of all carded, like the, the, not the big bendy ones, but the little tiny guys. What were those? Oh yeah. Hell? Yeah, the, the Hasbro's. The Hasbro. I saw a video yeah. of you picking up a whole weight, like the, the the complete, all every single figure. I'm an out of the box collector. I had them all. I had them all, uh, mint and, and loose. But I always told myself, okay, one day I do want them all, but I I don't have the patience to track them down one by one. I want to buy them all in one shot. Uh, and luckily, like with this this the major wrestling for a podcast that I have, I have this outlet to say what I need, yeah. and it's like a double edged sword because you know. People will find me, but then sometimes they try to upcharge me. You know what I'm saying? So you got to, you know, you got to take the good with the bad. And someone was coming down to Disney World with their family. They were driving down and they had the whole collection. And I, I met up with them in the gas station that's in Disney World. And we made a little deal in, in Disney World, actually. Amazing. And that's, and not, that's not the first time I made a, a transaction uh, in Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> well, that again, like that's the place. For some reason, Florida, yeah. like the, all like the antique shops, like they're kind of like stocked. They have, you could find some really good things randomly in Florida. Yeah. Um, but back to the artistry thing of it. Did you keep all those figures in cards? Because sometimes like the blister card is really pretty looking like the present. Oh, those for sure. Those I kept, I got them in protective uh, packaging, but those right now, I, I don't have the real estate for that. So they're just in boxes in my, in my uh, 
like my crawl space. But yeah. one day I'm hoping I'll get a bigger house and I'll be able to display them proudly. But like I said, I have that whole set in the box. I had them out of the box. Those are, those are my favorite figures. Cause those are the ones I really grew up on and remembering seeing in the stores. And, and at that time, this is before the internet, right? So you didn't know what was coming out next. You couldn't pre-order things. There was no San Diego comic-con. So you would walk into a Toys R Us like, Holy shit. There's this new set. Uh, like there's this magic that can't be recreated. Uh, so I have fond memories of that. So those are the, the prototypes that I go back and get things that never came out, things that were in magazines or, or JC Penny Christmas catalogs and stuff like that. Even stuff like back to your, your, your um, statement about before the internet, the only real way that you would know what was out is you go to the toy store, you see the display, but then you have to turn around and see right. what else is out there. Exactly. exactly. And oftentimes those would not, some would not make it to production. Exactly. Right. That's right. But so that, like that, the, the, the prototype that I'm probably most well-known for is this Greg the Hammer Valentine figure. Uh, it was in a WWF magazine, like a 1990 magazine. You, you flip open the cover and this is Toys R Us ad showing all the new tag teams. And he, he's featured, you know, and you go to Toys R Us, everyone's there except for him. He's even on the, the back of the box. They say his name. So I just assumed that I never was able to find him until years later. I, I think some toy magazine comes out and says it never came out, blah, 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 blah. Uh, fast forward, you know, Almost 30 years. That's what I find on Facebook from some some guy who worked for Hasbro selling his collection. Yeah. He posts this this bird's eye view of this cardboard box, and like a psycho hawk, I could spot his foot <laughs> sticking out. And uh, you know, I had to make a deal for the entire lot, and it was a lot of money. Yeah. Um, and I I don't buy things to flip things, but in that instance, I did because there was this huge pre-production lot. He wasn't selling it piece by piece. You had to buy the whole thing. So I bought the whole thing, kept what I wanted and flipped the rest and ended up making money. Oh, good. I mean, yeah. you got it. I mean, sometimes you, you have to, I mean, I spoke about this with other guests. Sometimes you just have to kind of feed your, the passion with your, the collection. I mean, there's no shame in that. No, absolutely not. No, but I, I'm not someone who buys things thinking like, oh my God, this is going to be worth money someday. Is it nice that my collection does have value? Sure. But yeah. there are some things that are completely valueless and I love them. Yeah. Uh, why were there so many Tatankas in the in the small line? I know there's only there's there's two Tatankas. This is a funny. So uh, the first Tatanka comes out, whatever, and then the second one. It was supposed to be a Brutus the Barber beefcake, and he leaves the company, and they just replace him with the the same old Tatanka, whatever. But <laughs> that Brutus the Barber beefcake that never came out, I have it. I have it in my collection. Um, it was on some some wrestling figure message board that some guy he. So he was a kid when he got it. He told the story of how he got it. And he even had the, the carding for it. It was some sort of sample that was, I don't know exactly what it was, but it's hand painted. I think it was some sort of mock-up, but he put it on this, this message board and just people were just hating on him saying it's fake. It's fake custom, yeah. custom, custom. And I just, something about me, like, I'm like, I don't know this, the, this guy's story like adds up and like the figure isn't good enough to be a good customs, like really, really like sloppy and it's played with I'm like, let me, and it was a, I don't want to say it was a low price, but compared to what prototypes go for, it, it was $2,000. So that's, yeah. that's not, it was worth it for me to take the gamble and do the research later, you know, just in case someone else jumped on it. Uh -huh. So I did all the, the research, all the due diligence. I was able to get, I mean, man, I could talk for, for hours with all the information I was able to find on it to prove that it is real. Yeah. And, and now, now I have it, you know, and it's something that never came out. And that's like one of the prized pieces of my collection. That's amazing. And you get known for that now. Now it's kind of people, because you, a collector like you has it, it's legitimized and people know that it's a, it's a real piece that's actually part of the, 
the grander line. Exactly. And like, you know, I call myself the Michael Jordan of wrestling figure collecting, but it's, it's a gimmick. It's a joke. I don't think I have the best wrestling figure collection. I don't think anybody can have a better collection than anybody else because it's all like what matters to you. Right. Sure. And, you know, when I get this stuff, I don't post it to, to brag. Look what I got. And you don't. I post because I want someone to know it was supposed to come out. I want to share that with people because I know for a fact there are some things out there that people don't share. And that's fine. That's their business. Right. Like I've seen things that I know aren't made to the public. Uh, but I, I just want to show it off in the sense, like, I want people to, to appreciate it. Not like, look what I have and look what you don't have. That's, that's not what I'm going sure. for. I mean, you, you ooze passion for it, especially in your podcast and every interview where you're talking about it, you light up. I mean, it's not hard to tell that, that you're right. legitimately, uh, enthralled with, with, with toys sure. in general and, and, uh, wrestling toys. But, um, what was it like when you got your first one made of you? Oh man. I mean, super cool. Um, I, I remember where I was when I saw the, the, the prototype picture and, and luckily that was by this company called Jack's and they were very, uh, I don't want to say like wrestler friendly, but not, I don't want to say like Mattel's not wrestler friendly, but Jack's would, if the, the wrestler wanted the hand painted prototype, they would, they would send it to them. You uh -huh. know what I'm saying? Like Mattel, if you want the prototype, good luck. You're not getting it. You know what I'm saying? I trust me. I've asked, yeah. but, but Jack's would send me all my hand painted prototypes. So it's cool uh -huh. to have those things. Yeah. And how many you have, do you have like 10 by now? You have a lot of figures of yourself. Uh, by now I probably have like 20, 25, like different scales, mini guys, little bunny wow. things, maybe a little more than I've been, listen, I've been fortunate. Like yeah. someone like John Cena gets like 30 in a year. I've gotten like 30 over like 20 years, but Hey, I still love it. I'm still fine with it. And to this day, I still light up every time I get a new figure. I saw that there's one, um, I saw that there's one where it was like the retro. Yes. Yes. That's cool. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. And, and now, you know, uh, since uh, leaving WWE, I've been able to branch out and, and work with all these toy companies, like something like Super 7, who I think make the best toys out there, the most detailed toys. So they're doing uh, major wrestling favorite podcast figures. And to be working with them, it's been like so amazing. Because with Mattel, you know, they make your figure and it comes out and that's cool. You have no say, you have no input. If it's missing a logo on the boots, it's missing the logo on the boots. For example, uh, Super 7, like, you know, I sent them all the pictures of my gear, all these reference shots that I took, and then they sent me the first prototype. And like, I literally sat on my floor with the gear and the figure, and I made notes like, no, this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. Not to be annoying, but to make these the most detailed figures possible because Super 7 cares that much. I was going to bring Super 7 up because I've actually collected some of their other stuff, and I came across those figures. They are great. Their, their attention to detail is great. Their passion is, is unparalleled. They even have like the little figure, like you have your toy yes. has a figure. Yes. Yeah. So I was like, they, cause they said like, what do you want to come with? So I was like, I want to come with my podcast microphone. I want to come with these dog tags we come out with. Yeah. Wouldn't it be cool if we came with the figure? <laughs> so like, it's going to be awesome. So those, those aren't actually out yet. Hopefully by like October time, they'll actually be shipping because yeah. you know, this super seven is a small company, right? So what they, what they do is they put up like an open pre-order. They're not yeah. just going to make all these figures and sit on this inventory, mm -hmm. right? So they, which is smart. I think it's a great business model. Mm -hmm. So they, they see who really wants this. Then they order that. And then what usually happens with Super 7 is that once the figure gets released, there's all this like, oh my God, I didn't order this. And then the secondary market price goes through the roof. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I ordered some extras for myself, of course. Nice. <laughs> nice. And what about the um, zombie sailor? Did I say that right? Yeah, Zombie Sailor. He's somebody yeah, who cool. um, like the retro style. I like that one a lot too. 
Yeah, and, and talking about like the artistry, he tracked down the original Hasbro artist to do these old school drawings to right. match so it matches the old Hasbro's. And I think that's a really cool, you know, he didn't have to do that. He could have got anybody to draw these up, but right. he got the original Hasbro artist to draw these up. So they're as authentic as they possibly could be. It's incredible. It's incredible. So you were, and uh, I heard you earlier say that you're, you're actually running out of space. So you're actually the perfect guy to talk to. Oh, I'm, I, bro, I maxed out. Yeah. <laughs> I maxed out. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything that you still have on the list? That's just kind of your Holy grail. Uh, not really. I mean, at this point, if, if a prototype came out of something that was rumored, um, that'd be cool. Like for instance, the, the, I keep talking about these Hasbro WWF figures, yeah. but there was this rumored set for so many years of like, uh, the last set that, that never came out. Uh, and about 20 years went by and the, the heads popped up on the internet. And then a couple years went by and then the, the drawings popped up. So there's this one wrestler diesel, um, and I have the drawing and I have the head. And if, if the prototype figure is out there, I would love to see it, but I haven't seen it yet. I don't even know if it's out there. I don't know if I got that far. And you're still, do you comb eBay every day? Like take me yeah, through, so, take me me, through got, what happens with you when you're oh, I'm, on e I'm on eBay multiple times a day because I have my safe searches and you got to check those throughout the day uh, because they'll send you the, the email alerts, but those aren't so up to date. You know what I'm saying? By the time they send you an alert, if it's a hot item, it could be gone already. Yeah. So you need, you need to be, if you're really that serious about it, you got to be checking your eBay multiple times a day with your safe searches. And you are, since you are the Michael Jordan, is there a John Starks of wrestling figures? You're <laughs> well, we, we, we have uh, Brian Myers, my, my podcast partner. He's the Scotty Pippen. Okay. There you go. So I don't know who the John Starks is. Do you, do you know the names of, of the, some of these eBay guys that might outbid you? Um, I don't, I don't like particularly know the names, but I do know that, you know, the, the, the prototype community for wrestling figures is very small yeah but, but they have they have deep pockets right and you know so if i'm bidding on something on ebay and this has happened to me before i know that someone's trying to outbid me to try to flip it on me later on so that that has happened yeah where you know i was in this bidding war i lost and then the guy tried to flip it on me oh that's 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 not it, good. it, it is what it is you know all yeah. is fair in love and figure hunting i get yeah. it I saw your whole room and I saw like everything's on display. Everything looks fantastic. It's TMNT, Ghostbusters. Yeah, I, I got a lot of Ghostbusters, uh, Ninja Turtles, Star Wars for sure. Um, you know, I grew up on the Star Wars, the the special releases in the 90s. So I grew, yeah. grew up on those Power of the Force 2 figures, which I guess original Star Wars fans hated. But those are the ones I grew up on. And those are, you talk about valueless figures. Those are <laughs> valueless. I think maybe... In five years, when it's it's been 30 years since the special like edition re-releases, I think they might take off then. Yeah. But like you can get those figures, you go to any vintage toy store in America and they will have Power of the Force 2 Star Wars figures from the mid-90s for right. dirt cheap. Yeah. Um, but once I had all those and I had the the current uh the the black series they call them uh Star Wars figures, I knew like I needed the original vintage Kenners and, and I didn't grow up on those. I have no sentimental value to those but I respect what they represent. So I had to go back and get every single one of them. And uh, those are proudly displayed in my collection, but I don't, I, they, I have no sentimental value to them. To me, if, you know, if there was a fire, I, I'd, I'd save the power of the force two ones, which I could probably get on eBay for 150 bucks, yeah. as opposed to these, which are probably $150 a figure for most of them. Are there more wrestling figures? This is probably a silly question. Are there more wrestling figures or are there more Star Wars figures in circulation? I would, that's a tough one. Maybe. It might be tied. If, there's if, a lot of yeah, wrestling yeah. figures, right? There's a lot of wrestling figures. There's a lot of Star Wars figures. Yeah. 
Um, hard to say. I, I mean, me personally, I have more wrestling, but in the grand scheme of things, it, it might be neck and neck. And who are more voracious about it? Because I saw that you, you came across this one set and you were stoked on it because Andre on his, on his, um, t- on his tights had one strap and you said there was one edition where there's two straps. Right, right. You were stoked on that set. Is that widespread in the wrestler community? Is that, is that something where the collectors, like they're really paying that close attention to oh, all of those? A hundred percent. Like, and that's, that's the thing with the major wrestling for a podcast. It's like, if you listen to our podcast, you're, you're deep. You're in, right? Like you need to like wrestling enough to listen to a wrestling podcast, but then you need to like wrestling figures enough to listen to a wrestling figure podcast. Yeah. So if you're if you're listening to us, you're you're in and yeah. you care about the details. You care if something is the wrong color, you care if the scale is off. And and there's a lot of wrestling figure fans who don't listen to us who also care about that stuff. Yeah. But then of course, you know, my, my niece and nephew don't give a shit if the logos are are not there, if they're missing uh, the paint deco, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It, and it's cool about wrestling figures um, because there's, they can make so many additions based on the clothes and based on the certain maybe interview outfit that they were wearing, right, that you guys right. were wearing. That's what's so cool is that you can actually have actual moments with these guys that, sure. that existed. And you can maybe have a whole, you can, I mean, you can have a whole like million dollar man collection where and, it's and, 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 right. And a lot of people do that. They, they, you know, they pick like, for instance, the ultimate warrior, someone who is very toyetic and by by toyetic, I mean, like you're walking down that toy aisle, whether you know wrestling or not, that guy just is like, what is that figure? The colors, whatever it is. Uh, And that's the thing, like you said, there's with wrestling, there's so many different outfits. Like, unless you're like Stone Cold Steve Austin, who's wearing the same thing for, for 20 years, but even him, you know, he has the different, he has the different vests and then he like changes the the knee braces up. So that's like with star Wars. Okay. There's there's three movies that have Darth Vader in it, really, or maybe four with Rogue One, or if you count like Revenge of the Sith five, but like, and the look is very very similar. There's like minor minor differences, so there's only so much you could do, but like, literally, a, a wrestler who's on WWE could come out every Raw in a different outfit. Yeah, you know, so that's fifty two outfits in a year, really. Yeah, and it's I feel like it's the goal of the toy. Uh, who has the license now? Who makes Mattel, the Mattel? So, so I feel like it's their goal to release every single one. Cause it sure looks like it. I mean, they, they try their best and Mattel, I think makes the best wrestling figures of all time because they're the most advanced. And also they've had the license for so long where they have like the biggest roster of guys. So I personally don't collect like uh, current day wrestlers. Like my friends, I don't care about you. I don't have you, you know, right. because like I need, I need a cutoff. And what I love about collecting is everyone can make their own rules. Yes. So my rule for collecting wrestling figures is that, so I, I made it to WWE in 2007. So like I will only get figures that depict 2007 and before that. So like, for instance, if Mattel makes an undertaker and it's a 2020 version of the undertaker, I don't want it. But if they make an undertaker, that looks like a 1996 undertaker. I want it. And that's is, just my rule. Is that you don't want to get razzed by your, your cohorts? No, it's just like there, there has to be, uh, a limit somewhere or else I'll just what I'll just be getting every wrestling figure of all time and for, till when till I die what about the the Motu wrestlers are you into that the Ma- so Ma- I, I I have them but I am not really uh I'm not a he-man guy I I just never got into it as a kid I must have missed it about a year or two and thank god because 
the, those figures go for a lot of money and they're very, very detailed and they keep coming out. And I could definitely tell that'd be something that I would go broke spending money on between yeah. the Mattel stuff and the super seven stuff. And I I'm kind of familiar with it. Like, you know, I know like what snake mountain is and, and he man Skeletor, but that's, that's about it. Uh, so the, the crossover with the WWE figures, I got them. Um, but they're not on display anywhere. They're in Ziploc bags in my garage somewhere, just in case, you know, <laughs> I always, um, I tore with the idea of just having just like a trap jaw collection, just like, like I spoke about, like just people, yeah. like I mentioned how like, re- you know, some wrestling fans have like, just like one character. I right. tore with that idea of just having one shelf of just trap jaw, but it's just a money pit. I just do not want to jump down right now. For sure. And I, I, I'm the type that'll spend a couple hundred dollars on toys. I'm nowhere near the level that you are, but if there's some, like, if there's something that really is, looks great. Um, I'm not afraid of the prices, especially these days, but I feel like people don't really take it seriously, especially the stuff that is more, that is called action figures. I mean, the, the posability and just having them around as, as decoration is, it's just, it livens up a room in a certain way. It gets people talking. There's always people like, they'll point like, oh, I had that as a kid or, oh, I love exactly, that. Or who is sure. that? People don't really realize like how, maybe it's our generation. I don't know, but people don't realize how important the action figure is to pop culture. I mean, nostalgia is in, there's no, there's no denying that. And I, I love that, you know, companies like Hasbro are re-releasing the Star Wars figures, the original Kenner ones or the Ghostbusters or, or Playmates is doing the Ninja Turtles because like, you know, if you want to get in now, maybe you don't want to spend $500 on an Egon Spengler figure, but yeah. they're recreating it. So you can buy it for 20 bucks at Walmart. And, you know, like, so, and it doesn't devalue the original one. Yeah. Which I, I, which I really appreciate. If you can get it at, for retail, usually. Well, yeah, good luck with that. There's a lot of distribution problems at Walmart and Target, 100%. Are you the type that's up at like the crack of dawn waiting for pushing refresh, waiting for a new line at Tar- oh. or whatever to drop at Walmart or Target? Yeah, 100%. Uh, you know, like, I'll, I'll, of course, like if I'm going to a Walmart or Target, I'll always check the figure aisle. You know, yeah. but like I'm not somebody who gets in the car and goes to store after store after store because now it's it's the easiest time to find figures in stores, but it's also the hardest because there's sites like BrickSeek where you can literally find out what store has what. Yeah. But you're not the only buddy, the only person on that. Everybody can get beyond that and go. You know, you you see, oh, this this Walmart ten miles away has six in stock. By the time you get there, they're gone. Right. You know. Right. Right. Did you go uh, buck wild during 2020 with lockdown? And figures like did you oh, i mean i mean not not more than i normally would but uh but it was weird because when when the whole you know the pandemic hit and the lockdowns i was like oh man like brian myers and i we thought our podcast was doomed like who was gonna want to be listening to, to content about wrestling figures and who's gonna be spending money on wrestling figures but it was the complete opposite yeah. the collecting market went through the roof yeah. and uh you know our podcast grew and it's it's more popular than ever before and yep. because people, you know, whether they were at home bored or had extra money from not going out or not going out to dinner, I don't know exactly what it was. I think it was a combination of things, but the, the collectible market, whether it be cars or action figures, it blew up and will, will, you know, so many people saying the bubble's going to burst. I don't think it's going to burst. I do think we'll see a little decline, but yeah. if you compare now to before the pandemic, it's like night and day. Yeah. There's always like the ups and downs of any market. Comic books are like sure. that and you know, all the stuff that's ultimately a lot of the stuff is mass produced. It's the stuff that kind of isn't that flies under the radar necessarily. That isn't like the main figure that sometimes sees um, a little more appreciation. But 
right. it's all, again, like it's all what you're into. For sure. Um, and if you're if you're doing that, if that's why you're collecting, you're doing it wrong for sure. Yeah, yeah. If you're, if you're if you're collecting these things with the hope that you're gonna flip your collection one day, like I think you're in it for the wrong reasons. You might be able to, but you're gonna be like so nervous and anxious when things go up and down because that's that's the market. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you have the um, what did, what do I remember? My earliest recollection that I had were the thumb the thumb wrestler ones. Yeah. Were those the first for WWF? No, they the came thing? out. They, they they came out during that same time so there were the, the big ljn guys and they made these bendies yes. and the thumb wrestlers and and these stretch wrestlers were all like in the same line yeah were, were the stretch ones like stretch armstrong like they were like a stretch armstrong with it there was like a, a powder inside i don't know like not yeah. like a glue material like a powder yeah. so as a kid like you know my brother and i would like pull them as as far as we could and there'd be powder everywhere they'd explode but and because of that because of them not lasting to get them like in the box and they have them in mint condition, it's super hard to do. Yeah. Were you, when you were a kid playing with the figures, were you like, I want to be a wrestler? Is, is that- oh yeah. 100%. I just never, never grew out of it. Yeah. Is that in your family or is there, are there any wrestlers in your family? No, no. I'm first generation wrestler. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, it was just something I never grew out of. And I always just said, I'm going to be a wrestler. And you know, when I'm in kindergarten saying it, it's not a big deal. Like, okay, sure. Sure. Matt. But when I'm, you know, in 11th grade and having to apply to colleges and I'm saying, well, I want to be a wrestler. I don't really want to go to college. Then my mom, you know, kind of questions it a little differently. Sure. Sure. Does she question your collection of figures? Uh, No. I mean, at this point, I mean, it is what it is. Like she, she knew, like, if you talk to her, she's, she knew that even as a little kid, like I was a, I needed every guy in the set, you know, I needed everybody. I could, you know, if he was on the back of the box, I needed him. Who was your favorite back in the day? Uh, Macho Man was one of my favorites. Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, obviously, because they were just larger than life. You know, the, these superheroes, but on the big screen, on your television screen, you know, like you can't, you can't go to, uh, you know, and you can't go see Captain America live and in person. You know what I'm saying? Like you can go see Hulk Hogan, and it's not somebody dressed as Hulk Hogan. You know, it's it's really him. So like that's something that couldn't be duplicated. That's that kind of leads to something I've been thinking about too. What like why the wrestling figures were so fantastic and why they're loved, beloved so much. Um, it's because of that. Like they're real superheroes, right? And you know, like for instance, if you're if you're playing with Ninja Turtles, like it's a cartoon. And yes, okay, they made the movie. The the over you know five year period, they made three movies, right? You could watch wrestling Saturday mornings, Sunday mornings. Monday nights, pay-per-view. So there's always more content. Mm-hmm. And if you're a kid playing, you know, you, you can recreate these things or create your things as opposed to, you know, Star Wars, there's three movies or, you know, back in the day, there was three movies. Then, then what? Yeah. That's it. You know, yeah. with wrestling, it's just every week. Do you see yourself ever opening up maybe like a toy museum or anything like that? Is that like something that you think you'll eventually get to? No, I don't think so. People ask me about that or if I'll ever open like a toy store, like, Never, you know, like I, I just think it's like way too much work to, to have like the stock and to keep the stock. And the, I, I appreciate all these vintage choices that I go in, but it's like, okay, how do you, how do you stay up to date with the pricing? How do you get the inventory? Yeah. You know, how do you stay afloat? Like, I'm sure the foot traffic isn't necessarily the best. I'm sure mm-hmm. some days you might get a lot. Some days you might get five guys. So you might need an online store, but then you still need cool stuff in the store. So yeah. it just seems like a big pain in the ass that I don't want to get involved with. <laughs> Uh, what have there been any uh, of recent where, and I don't want to talk numbers. I want to know uh, a story in which you might've gone a little too deep 
on uh, one figure and might have gotten yourself into trouble and might have uh, maybe gone off the rails yourself. Yeah, so uh, the, the LJNs, those big rubber guys that I was talking about, who made the stretch and the thumbs and the bendies, on the back of the, they made a title belt for the kids. And on the back of that box, there was a, a Hulk Hogan and a Macho Man. They're about like 10 inches tall. And it's almost like uh, you squeeze the legs and the arms raise up, but they never came out. They were just on the back of the box. Um, and from an LJN employee this past year, I was able to get that Hulk Hogan. And it was, I'll say it, it was $10,000, which is a lot of money. And then, you know, when I got it, I kind of regretted it. I really did. It was like $10,000 is a lot. And it's not like I really wanted this as a kid and never got it. I, you know, like, I don't know why I did this. Uh, I posted about it. And like, by chance, somebody hit me up and said like, Hey, like I have the ma the matching macho man. And I'm thinking like, there's no, there's no way. And uh, I'm going back and forth with this guy. And he just has it like on his desk, like at work like with like a bunch of like valueless toys and I make him a, a low offer. Uh, he counters with another. And like, I got it for so low. So in my mind, it kind of like evened out the whole Kogan. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I, I can relate to that because sometimes I'll see something and um, I just got to have it, man. I just like, yeah. just, and I spiral and it keeps me up and I sit in bed and I'm just like thinking about it. And it costs me more mentally than it would uh, financially, I, I would be able to recover it more financially that, than mentally if I had it. Does that make sense? Oh, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> do there other things like that? Like when you see something and you're like, oh, I don't know if I should get that or not. Do, just do things keep you up like that? Do you spy? Yeah, like a, a lot of these prototypes, like for instance, when I bought that that huge lot from that had the Greg the Hammer Valentine, like the amount of money, I, I, it was a lot of money. right? But, and at the time, I was like, how am I going to justify it to myself? Yeah. spending all this money in the end it worked out because i made money and i kept what i wanted but you know i was used to you know buying the the 20 figure in the store and now i'm spending thousands right. you know it's a it's a dangerous game to get into once you cross the line to that prototype pre-production world yeah and do you work once you have the i mean you have a significant amount of uh, value to your collection do you worry about sunlight do you worry about like keeping the windows closed in your toy room like oh there there is no there is no sunlight in my room uh none at all so you can't there's no sunlight can get in no sun damage none of that you doing dusting every week or what uh, i i don't have to do dusting uh because i have like the, the a lot of the detolfs that have like the glass uh, -huh. uh the ikea detolfs have like sure, the glass course. case so like of course there's a little dust but it's yes. it's not too bad those are good cases i had them. great I, I took mine down those are those are the toy cases because they're they're affordable and they look really really nice and you can see all around that's right yeah do you do risers too you must with the figures of course right? yeah a lot of them have risers the acrylic risers uh but then there's some things in my collection that you know you can't even see who's in the row behind them because there's just so much stuff you know yeah do you i know that you are um you are engaged congratulations on that oh thank you what does your fiance think about this she's a wrestler herself she yeah. gets figures of herself does she share in the passion? No, absolutely not. She does not share the passion. Uh, and luckily when we met, it's when I first moved down to Orlando. So it's not like, you know, I just opened this door and there was this, this giant toy room. So, you know, she saw me like put up the shelves and then like move a couple of things in from the garage. And then, you know, it was a gradual uh, introduction to my obsession with collecting. Yeah. And she's not happy like on days, you know, where let's say I'm on the road for like four or five days and, I'm getting packages every single day. She has to bring them all in. Like she's not happy about that. Yeah. Uh, are they usually from, are they usually like target or Walmart or are they from real, literally all over? 
I would say 99% it's an eBay purchase for sure. Wow. But I got my, my fake eBay name, you know, so like no one's shipping it to my, they don't, they don't know they're shipping it to me. Uh -huh. It's a fake name. You know, you gotta be very, very careful. So they're going to upcharge you. Well, no, well, if it's on eBay, you know, if, and it's a wrestling figure and they're a wrestling fan and they see Matt Cardona, they'll put two or two together yeah. and they'll have my address. Oh, right. Oh yeah. yeah of course. Right. Of yeah. Of course. So it's all fake names. Well, let's get into that too, because you also have like some of your costumes are very action figure like, like you had one that kind of looks like Triclops from He-Man. It kind of has like the, the flaps that hang down. Yeah, I always tried to, to look very, uh, I said the word before, toyetic. I, I want it to be an action figure form. Like, now listen, not every outfit I have is gonna be made into an action figure. In fact, like, a very small percentage does. I mean, do the math. I've been wrestling for almost 20 years. I have like 30 action figures, so very little makeup. But you always have that idea in mind. Like, oh, I wonder how this would look as an action figure. I like the one that's the American flag. That one is actually an action figure. That's sick. Yeah. And that then one was the, one of my favorites. And then the $1,000 Broski one, is that, is that, was that production? That was not production. No, no, no. We are working on some, but it's coming soon. But we don't have any uh, official ones yet. Just a bunch of customs. Did you? But we got some official ones coming. Is that a, a moniker that, that it's clearly an ode to, to the Million Dollar Man, but is that yeah. a moniker that came from the toys or came from the ring? Uh, the, the broski came from the ring and the, the $1,000 broski came from the podcast. And now I have it trademarked. So now, now I own it and uh, we're making some action figures with it. Amazing. Yeah. So what was like, I guess this goes back to the question I asked earlier. What was the figure where it's like, wow, I just spent this much on a figure. I'm, I'm, I'm collecting now. What was that? Do you, was, there, was there one specifically that you remember that kind of took you away and into the zone of, um, I'm serious about this now? Yeah, I mean, so I, I definitely collected them through my 20s, early 30s. And I had, the, I had a toy room. I did when I moved to Orlando, but it wasn't until I bought this Macho Man prototype. That was my first prototype. And it was like a $5,000 figure. And that's when I really... I was like, what am I doing here? And that has since opened up the floodgates to, to collecting these prototypes. But it was a, a JCPenney Christmas catalog. And it, it shows the, the wrestling ring that comes with Hulk Hogan and Macho Man. And Macho Man's in these green uh, trunks. But when you, when you got it Christmas morning, it was just orange trunks. And that was the one that was released in all the stores, the regular orange trunks Macho Man. So it's not a big deal to get this exclusive ring. But somebody had the, the prototype, the hand-painted prototype from this JCPenney catalog. And then when I, when I made the decision to buy that, I was like, okay, well, now I'm in. Now I got to track. If I have the Macho Man, now I got to track down those Greg the Hammer Valentine. I got to track down some other things. So that's what kind of, you know, opened up the floodgates. Yes. I was going to ask because you can't just have one prototype. No, you, you can't. Go, you got to keep going. Yeah. And, you know, since then, like I did go a little overboard to get other ones, but yeah. I've since my rule for prototypes now is that if they made the actual figure, for instance, like the Bushwhackers, right? Do I need the hand painted prototypes of the Bushwhackers if I have the real figures? I told myself no. So the only prototypes that I have are figures that never came out. So if it, so I had things like the Bushwhackers or like a Dusty Rhodes, which were, it was a beautiful piece, hand painted, looked great, mm -hmm. but I, I don't, I don't need those in my collection. So I got rid of those to get money to get the things I do need. Yeah. What makes for the best wrestling figure? I mean, nowadays with uh, like figure photography and stuff like that, like you need to have the articulation. It's gotta be able to 
do these wrestling moves in, in figure form. So, people, you know, people take pictures and they make these nice stop motion videos. It, it's a pretty crazy, like the days of just having them standing stationary are, are over. Most of mine are like that because I don't have the real estate to have everyone in their signature pose or doing moves. So the majority of mine are just standing like, like a, like a, just a regular generic figure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you need the articulation and you, you need a nice outfit. You need to have like, you know, if the guy's wearing special entrance gear needs to come with the entrance gear or a special accessory. So like, I think like figures made from like special, like WrestleMania moments, as opposed to like a raw where the, the outfits are more elaborate, that mm -hmm. makes for a cooler figure. Any figures that you see out there, non-wrestling that you're like, you know what? I love these aside from master of the universe, but anything new right now. You see them, you're like, oh, I love those, but I'm not going down that hole. Uh, some of the, the newer Power Rangers stuff is pretty good now. Super Seven just got that license. Yeah. Um, I just can't get, I can't go down that road. It, it, I, I gotta <laughs> cut it off somewhere, you know? Yeah. Do you collect anything else besides toys? Like, do you collect comics or anything else? Uh, no comics, just just pretty much toys. Um, and that's really it. But trust me, it's a lot of toys. <laughs> yeah. it, I don't need anything else to be collecting. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, cool. it's, it gets, it gets out of control. I mean, it is out of control. It's, we're already there. What is, are there anything, when does the, when is your zombie sailor one coming out? Is that out now? Yeah, no. So we, they just did the pre-orders for that. That should be out uh, before the holidays. I'm hoping yeah. uh, the super seven, those should be out around October ish. And then the major recipe podcast, we're working on our own line of figures that we haven't we haven't revealed things yet, so maybe at this Comic-Con at home in July, we'll, we'll kind of show them off, and we're hoping those will be in everyone's hands before, like, Christmas time, too. So it's a very exciting time to, you know, for us because, you know, we, we're working with certain companies to make our own figures, and we're actually making our own as well because yeah. uh, not just with making toys, but anything in life. If you want something done, you got to do it yourself, right? You can't wait on others, and you can't, you know, because nobody is going to put you as their first priority. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So like, I want to make sure that we make our figures and that we're our number one priority. But you'd also be surprised, like, you know, um, the, the collectors out there, like, you'd be surprised what they really fall in love with. So the major, oh, yeah. so, so the figure podcast, they could, that could be a real cult favorite. Oh, and that's the thing. Like your said, fan, but in general, like to have yeah. that one kind of, um, that one kind of, um, special or esoteric type of figure that's not so mainstream people don't really know super seven like you know right. usually go to target or something but to have that one is kind of special yeah and i think when the figures are actually in people's hands it's going to shock a lot of people because like i said whether you're the biggest fan of matt and brian or not that's you know i'm not debating that whether you should or shouldn't be but when you have the figures in hands there will be no debating it is the most accurate action figure of all time like there's no, that will be no debate. You cannot debate. Like I made sure like the button on my vest is the, they, they switched the color. That's how crazy and psycho I got. Yeah. Okay. So you can say like, you know, Oh, I don't like this guy or this articulation isn't the best. You can say that all you want, but you cannot say that the, the accuracy is not the best because it 100% is. Yeah. Have you seen the, any of the Mayfex toys? No, no, I haven't. So no, I don't. Mafex is like, it's, I guess, I think they're like an offshoot of Metacom, but they do um, superhero figures. Okay. And they do some movie stuff, but the articulation is like crazy, crazy good. Yeah, if I've seen them, I don't, I don't know off the top of my head. What they can do with articulation is mind-blowing. You could really get them into some great poses. It's not just, it's no more. Oh, no, yeah. Uh, now, you know, the butterfly joints in the chest, you get the arms yeah. move back. It, it's pretty nuts. It, it really is.
And do you feel like um, uh, wrestling figures are kind of pushing for that hyper-articulation more so than the other toys, just because of the demand of the fans and what, how they want to pose specific figures and maybe some of the action poses? Well, yeah, I think that it's just very important because whether you're a kid playing with the figures or like the figure photography, like I mentioned, yeah. you got to be able to put these figures in these poses. And, you know, it, it's great, the, the leaps and bounds that the toy industry has made uh, since I was playing, where those LJNs, they were just rubber in a pose. Yeah. Now they come with interchangeable heads with different facial expressions and interchangeable hands with different hand poses. Uh, I love it. Yeah. I love those OG ones, the big bendy ones. Those are, those are oh, really they're, they're, they're like one of my favorites for sure. But like now, like you get a figure that has like interchangeable heads or like there's an ultimate warrior where like they have a, a face where like the paint is worn off. Like it's mid match. Like that's battle awesome damage. Battle yes. damage. It's great. Yes. <laughs> that stuff is awesome. Yeah, it is. And again, back to what we were saying, like having them in different clothes is always cool too, not just the trunks. Oh yeah, and that's like you can do like their the backstage segments or like interview segments or like you know even uh, Mattel did for San Diego Comic Con they did like the Slim Jim Macho Man from the Slim oh, Jim commercials so and good. it came in like a Slim Jim like looking package like yeah. stuff like that is so cool. Yeah, it's very unique to to uh, to wrestling in general, like the per the big personalities that come out. It's oh, cool. Yeah. It's cool. That's one of those things where I've seen, I, I've definitely seen wrestling figures. I'm like, oh, like maybe I do want a Macho Man shelf or, oh, maybe right. I do want you know, a Rick Rude shelf. But like, then I see the prices. That's another thing. Wrestling merch has never really been at discount. I remember like when I was shopping on eBay years ago, like before PayPal, even the t-shirts were always, always premium priced. And the toys, like they're, once they're off the toy shelves, and most of the time they're like 40 bucks to begin with. Right. But once no, they're, they're, they're like, they're, they've like a Mattel is like a basic line, which is like nine 99, but then like they're elite or like $20 or 20 to $30, depending on where you're finding them. If you, but yeah, like you're right. If, if you, if you can't find them and they're out of stores, like, yeah, those prices go up nine times out of 10. Yeah. And that has yeah. never kind of, I've never seen a dip on that. I don't check the, the figure prices, but I know just in general, cause I check for vintage t-shirts, right. Vintage WWF t-shirts. I've always kind of kept my, my eyes and ears open for that sort of stuff. Those prices have never fallen. So I can only imagine what some of these toys are, t are, are, are uh, going for, especially like yeah. the, the bendy ones. And then the, the tiny action ones. Oh yeah, those prices are, are through the roof. And I, you mentioned like the, the t-shirts, like I, I just sold a bunch of my old school shirts and I couldn't believe how much money I made off them. And like, I have a big collection of, of this is gonna sound ridiculous, but foam merchandise, like wrestling like foam merchandise. Yes. Yeah, like the hands, because like, uh, you know, they would not only would they make the foam fingers, but like, for instance, like Hackstow Jim Duggan had a two by four. So it'd be like a foam two by four or uh, a macho man, like green foam cowboy hat. Yes. So I have a lot of that stuff and just stacked up in my closet. But like, I do know if I wanted to sell them, I can make a lot of money doing it. Do you have any more of those t-shirts for me? No, I do not. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I sold them all. There's a, a, a Instagram account I follow, Wrestling for Sale. Uh -huh. They have some great merch. So a lot of the stuff you might see in the next couple of months, you probably bought from me. You are the Michael Jordan of wrestling figures. How do I become the Bobby Heenan of podcasting? Ooh, I don't know. I think... <laughs> Well, the Bobby Heenan is something like you don't want to be hated now and appreciated later, yeah. right? Because <laughs> I mean, Bobby Heenan is the best. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the podcast game, it's such an interesting game because like, you know, I've been in it for three years and I still consider myself a newbie. You know, there's always stuff to learn. The things that I have learned is that, 
you got to be consistent. You got, you know, if you say you're coming out Friday mornings, you got to come out Friday mornings. You can't take a week off. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and authenticity is key, but I, you already know that people, they, they want to listen to you. They want to listen to your passion. They don't want some BS, you know, you just got to be yourself and be honest. And I think that's what people really appreciate about us. You know, what love us or hate us. We're ourselves, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So that's, that's one thing I would say is like consistency and transparency and authenticity for sure. Okay. So here we go. MJ of action wrestling action figures. I need to know which one of these Air Jordans is the best. <laughs> okay. okay. I, listen, I wish I was a, the Michael Jordan of Michael Jordans. Like, <laughs> I do have a couple of Jordans in my collection, but woof. This will be are, even better. Okay. Those are pricey. Okay. So we got the Travis Scott Air Jordan okay. 6 in All British right. khaki. And look, we got the glow in the dark bottom. So you're, got- you're, you're a sneaker guy? I'm a lot of thing guy. I'm, I'm like yeah. a collector. I've always loved sneakers. I've always loved sure. toys. Um, comic books too, t-shirts, just, I'm just borderline hoarder. Like it's, it's that. Yes. Yes. My my fiance thinks I'm a hoarder. She doesn't understand though. Like I'm not hoarding. It's I'm collecting my garage. I have a two car garage that you can't even walk in because it's my, my, I call it like my FOMO garage. It's like stuff that won't fit in my toy room that I don't think is good enough to be in my toy room, but I don't want to not have it. Whether like I'm afraid it will go up in value or whether I'm afraid I'll want it eventually. So if there's things that, like in store, like for instance, super seven makes the, these awesome Ninja turtles, right? Yeah. I have them all so far, not on display, just in my garage out of like fear that I will want them on display one day, because right now I don't have the real estate to have them on display because I have the original playmates. I have the, the new NECA stuff. So it's hard for me to justify these super sevens, which are better versions of the playmates but I still have them in my garage just in case I have more room. Cause then I would display them. My head is all messed up. You would be up at night saying to yourself, I need to have those. If you do not have them, I get it. A hundred percent. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. You have the, the, the most badass turtles ones I've seen are the black and white NECAs. Have you seen those? Oh, those I do not have. Those are sick. Cause they're yeah, like those- based on the, the drawing. Like the- yeah. Those are some of the earlier NECAs. Cause at first NECA didn't have the rights to the movie and cartoons. So they were just doing comic stuff. Yeah. So uh, I do have the, the, the colored in comic figures and those were a lot of money to buy, Yes. but yeah, those black and white ones are, are expensive too. I do not have those. I think I have a, a playmates version. Playmates did it uh, a couple of years ago. I have those, which yeah. were like at Walmart for like 30 bucks. I think that's amazing. The turtles line was another thing. I guess that's an, that's for another podcast, but let's get back to it. Cause I know you. <laughs> All right. So we got the Travis Scott air Jordan sixes. Okay. The dark bottom British khaki color. Okay. We have the Union Air Jordan 4. All right. This is specifically for the, the boutique shop Union. So do you wear these or you just collect them? I'm going to get to wear them. No, I, I don't. I, I wear them. I just got these. Okay. Okay. But, but I, need, I need some help from the MJ. Sure, sure, sure. Or the Air Jordan 3 Black Cement. And this is an OG colorway. This is actually Jordan wore a model like this on the court. Okay. But those are my, those are my favorites for sure. Right there. These are yours. I would say those. Yeah. These are mine too. Yeah. I like those. All right. Yeah. Good I just answer. got, we, we, we do live podcasts, like live shows, which it's, okay. it's more than just me and Brian just sitting with microphones. It's these, these extravagant events with like, you know, sometimes we have wardrobe changes. We have all these like surprise run-ins and stuff like that. But I got custom Jordans for the, the, the show we did uh, last month. And I was like, all right, I have these $700, 
custom Jordans for this show. It says like major recipe podcast live eight on them. Well, what am I? I can't wear them after live eight. What am I going to do with them? Yeah, you can. You could, you could, like, <laughs> for anybody who can, you can. Yeah. So now they're just in my closet with a one time wear, uh, with I'll probably end up getting live nine ones and live 10 ones and wasting all this money. Yes. Yeah. You know, I've, I've actually seen a lot of wrestlers become sneakerheads. I know Hogan became there, a brief sneaker. There head. are a lot. There are a lot of sneakerheads. And listen, I get it. I appreciate it. But I cannot go down that route. There's a, a couple of Ghostbusters sneakers that I have that I just have in my garage out of FOMO, still in the box. I'll never wear them. Yeah. I actually think they're like hideous sneakers. <laughs> but like uh, I needed to get them because yeah. I'm psychotic. That's the thing that I was trying to, to get you to say. Sneakers are the one thing that you just can't go down the road. I, I can't. I Listen, I appreciate it. I respect it. Uh, even trading cards. I just kind of got into recently and I'm like, like, I'm almost regretting it because I only do like the PSA graded ones. I don't want to. I'm not a raw guy. I don't want to submit it myself. I don't want to take that gamble. Mm -hmm. So I found this guy who is the Michael Jordan of wrestling figure cards. Mm -hmm. He lives in Orlando. Of course. Uh, and I went I went to his house. I wasn't sure if I was going to get killed or what. Right. Uh, but I went with, with $6,000 cash, <laughs> you know, and, and I bought like a bunch of cards, like a Macho Man rookie card, PSA graded, stuff like that. And I, I had them in, in a safe in my, not on display anywhere, like in a safe in my house, like almost as, as currency, as an investment. Hey, you never know when there's, when doomsday is going to happen and you need you to never know. gas with a Macho Man card. You never know, right? It could happen, especially in Florida. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Matt, thank you so much for your time. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot. When I come down to Florida, can we go toy shopping somewhere? Well, we got to find a good spot. Uh, that's, that's one thing. There's not that many good toy stores that I know about in the Orlando area, but you got to check out. If you go to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash major pod network, cheap little plug, uh, watch the vlogs with super Gabby. I think there's about 10 of them right now. That's the guy with the storage unit. Uh -huh. Holy shit. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs>